0: Hi everyone and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, I'm the Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI and this is the show where we dig a little bit deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today we're talking about the roles and responsibilities of a CFO but I've got a special guest who has taken the role of a CFO into what I'll call a transformational level and I'm pleased to welcome Rob Delaney who's the Chief Financial Officer of Public Financial Management. Rob, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thrilled to be here.
0: Cool. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, I typically ask my guests at the beginning of the program just to give a little bit about their personal, professional background and the firm that they work with. And then we'll dive into the topics at hand, if you would.
1: Absolutely. Um, ha- happy to do that. And so uh, I have been writing for a lot of years on transformation culture, transformational leadership. Uh, currently, I'm a Chief Financial Officer of Public Financial Management and uh, what we're, we're the leading financial services uh, organization in the country. Uh, we, our clients are governments and nonprofits. So we do advising that goes into uh, the financing of the building of airports and rail ports, stadiums, water systems, that sort of thing. Uh, so we have a, a lot of, of clients uh, all, over the, all over the country. Uh, and they're, they're generally speaking uh, governments and nonprofits. So, nonprofit would be a university, a, um, a health system,
0: that sort of thing. Right. And you wear the hat of the chief financial officer, which means a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, you know, chief cook and bottle washer, I'm, I'm sure. But you've taken it to kind of a, a transcendent level. And you mentioned transformational leadership. And I know we're going to spend some time talking about that today. Yes. What is transformational leadership? sure well uh,
1: transformation we start with that is a is a dramatic change in the natural world um, that's sometimes referred to as a metamorphosis transformational leadership is creating tremendous change positive change but doing it by inspiring and motivating people and that's really what it comes down to so we're existing in this ecosystem of people and a corporate culture that soup and transformational leadership is about really inspiring and motivating
0: people so that you can achieve your greater goals. OK, and we're going to talk about those goals and so forth. But I know that we have uh, a graphic that we want to put on the screen here, because I think we want to talk about the steps that are involved in transformational sure. leadership. So uh, production crew, here we go. Rob, Great. If you can speak So to
1: that. Um, when, as we talk about transformation, and the question really is, transformation, transformational leadership is there a process to this or is this you know smoke and mirrors and magic and, and the fact of the matter is it is a process like most processes um, it's a loop process. Uh, in finance what's really important is to be a good listener and that's, that's in most things in life right so we start off with listening and from that listening what you really have to do is you have to get the message and you have to distill down the message, to the goals and what we have to do is we have to change goals and strategies into action plans. And so that's really the big first step beside the listening is to really translate this all into a plan. As we create this plan, we have to communicate and then we have to create buy-in amongst our constituencies, amongst the people. Now this is a process uh, which is difficult because this is a distance run. This is not a sprint. This is a, this is a long journey, and through that journey, you have to figure out uh, who are the folks that are going to help carry the water in this journey, because that's really important. And so, unfortunately, you're going to have to, along the way, exit non-believers. You have to ex- exit non-believers, but you also have to embrace the believers, and you've got to get, you get help in this process so as we talk about it, and as I look at this and have looked at this throughout my career you can do very little if you don't involve your friends okay and that's really what this is all about so as you get to uh, get to that to get to the process you have to uh, you have to get others involved and then uh, along the way you have to celebrate so it's really important to celebrate again this is a distance run and you have to celebrate your wins and your progress, and so on and so forth. And then again, it's a loop. So you have to go back into the listening. You got to adjust. You got to. You got to. Um, uh, you got to. You have to celebrate. You have to reformulate and, and pivot your plans accordingly.
0: Yeah, so you walk this walk, this is how you conduct yourself in your day-to-day. Where did yes. you learn these things? I know your background's pretty extensive uh, prior to PFM. Talk a little bit about that and where you incorporated these techniques. Sure, well,
1: um, early on I had a couple of skills. One uh, was, was figuring things out and the other was uh, explaining that in plain English. And uh, whether I was using uh, high math or, or street smarts to figure things out, um, what was really important is to be able to explain things in plain English, boards of directors and senior management and that sort of thing. So was, early on I was a fix-it guy. I grew up in the trades. I learned how to fix things and diagnose things and then, ex- and then explain that to others. Uh, so it's really been an evolutionary process and, uh, and when you go from fixing things, diagnosing and fixing things, to building things and create, it's really from that that this process has, has
0: uh, become clear for me. Yeah. So when you talk about transformational leadership, a lot of components, Yes. what's the biggest challenge that you face? I imagine at some point you get resistance either from the team members, the non-believers that you sure. refer to, boards and so forth, but what's been the biggest challenge? Well, the biggest challenge is there,
1: um, you, you know, you're swimming in this thing called the corporate culture or the organizational culture, culture if you're in a nonprofit or a non traditional uh, setting. Uh, and uh, what you have to do is you have to make sure that, that you can move forward in that culture. And uh, you also have to see are there ways that you can change that culture and you can make that culture more conducive to what it is that, that you're trying to do, which is inspire and motivate people um, to achieve uh, organizational and, and great goals. And, and so it's really about
0: this culture that, that, that's important. So when you talk about inspiring and motivating, uh, what's been your experience in terms of what happens to the organization when you get that buy-in? Well, When you get the the buy-in, what you experience is after you get
1: over uh, some anxieties that come with ambiguity, because what we're talking about is change, uh, what you get is explosive growth. That's what you get. And so in the world I grow up in, uh, in the organizations that I've been with, we talk about growth in multiples as opposed to percents and single digit, low single digit percents. And that's the result of transformational leadership
0: and really going after, after uh, um, a dream. That's great, and we want to, I want to pursue that in just a second, but very quickly for the audience, if they want to learn more about transformational leadership or more about you, how can they learn more and contact you?
1: Sure. Well, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm I'm pretty fairly uh, prolific on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, also, a very reachable on uh, my email. My personal email is rob r o b at rjdelaney.com. and uh, I'm I'm always available. I uh, you know I have uh, lots of uh, Uh, a willingness for lunches and breakfasts and coffees and and that sort of thing, so always happy to make some some
0: friends. That's great, appreciate that. So what you just spoke to is inside the numbers, so the show here is behind the numbers, but it's always fascinating for our viewers to understand that when they do these kinds of transformational leadership endeavors, that they really do manifest not just organizational change, but performance. Yes. You talk about growth, can you speak to some other things that you've seen in terms of the numbers, if you will, Rob, being sure. you know CFO.
1: A- absolutely. So, so the first thing I would say, say, Dave, is, um, as finance professionals, we have to be more than custodians of the learning. Okay we really have to go out and evangelize us. Our our role is storyteller and teacher. That's really for me, that's really the substance of what this has come down to. So numbers talk to me, numbers talk to you. There's a story there. We're good listeners on the numbers. Not everybody sees that. And so what we need to do is we need to get out and help and create understanding. Once you create understanding, you have some of the most talented people in your organization client-facing, back-office people that are very good at what they're doing and you set them on fire, okay? And so that's really, that's really and so whether we're taking, uh, we're increasing a margin because we're dramatically dropping the cost structure, whether uh, we're dropping the cost structure because we're taking in a great partner, you know, that, that's really important. I have um, my, uh, some of my partners, uh, and, and over time, people come and talk to me about acquisition um, and, uh, and what they might think is a competitor. Well, I don't know, is it a competitor if they, if they join your family? So why don't we start a conversation with them? And that's really where this growth, this, this whole growth catalyst. So I think in finance, we can be uh, much more on the catalyst side of the world
0: as opposed to this custodial of information librarian role. Great characterization. We only have about two minutes or so to go in this first segment, but I want to touch on acquisitions because you've been involved in a number of those. What happens to organizations when you're merging two cultures, and how do you do it successfully? Well, Well, the first thing you have to do
1: is there's a lot of education. So I call it investor education. It's constituent education. And so what you have to do is you have to be honest this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what our mission is. Ah, you're, We're cut from the same cloth and you, start, you have to start making those connections on, and people have to uh, understand why we're better together and that's really for me that's the evolution process. People recognizing how we're better together. When I taught finance uh, I would take my students down what I call this path of understanding they're, they're really teaching themselves. Once you taught yourself something, you can't unlearn it, you can't forget it, whether it's for an exam or otherwise. And so it's really, that's the biggest process uh, in, in acquisitions.
0: Because you know firsthand that most deals don't produce the desired synergies, the one plus one equals three. Absolutely. Depending on your your sources of data, up to 85% don't produce that. Sure. So for, for the Leaders who are watching, if they're about to to embark on an acquisition, is there one key component that you would share with them that they need to be mindful of as they're doing it? Absolutely. Closing the deal, making the acquisition, and
1: signing the papers is the beginning. It is not the end of doing an acquisition. And the hard work really comes from that. So it's not just about the financing. Hire consultants, smart people that come in and can help you communicate together, can help you work together and that sort of thing. So closing a deal is the beginning,
0: it's not the end. That's the most important thing that I've learned. Great point. And on that note, we're going to pause and take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this commercial message.
1: Add us on social media to watch bloopers, behind the scenes footage, previews, and more.
2: platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest.
0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. Today, my guest is Chief Financial Officer Rob Delaney. And if you've watched the first segment, you know we've been talking about Rob and transformational leadership. And it would be no surprise to anybody who watched the first segment to know that you're actually the recipient of an award for CFO of the Year. Yes, uh, very recent. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, Rob. I know you're a modest guy, but yeah. do it anyway.
1: Well, uh, well, th- thank you, Dave, and thank- thanks for mentioning that. that. This was a this was a really a big honor for me. Uh, you know, like a lot of CFOs, you're really into your craft. You're into uh, people. And what was exciting for me is uh, my alma mater, Drexel University, uh, nominated uh, nominated me for this. So that was, uh, you know, there was a there was an honor on top of this, which is uh, an organization that you love and you're passionate about. And uh, and and still today support support the the students and the kids that are young people, um, you know uh, to 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 have them uh, have them go and uh, and uh, nominate me for that. That was great, and it's been great. I got to meet a lot of terrific people. People are making positive change in the world. So it's been it's been really exciting uh, to to be able to, to to receive an award like that. Well
0: deserved. And Thank you. as a Drexel MBA myself, On yep. behalf of the organization, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's jump back into the topic at hand sure i know that you wrote an article um seven trends in cultivating transformational leadership and and for the folks in the production room i think we have a graphic that we're going to go to here can you talk a little bit about that article and Uh, what are these trends absolutely
1: so uh i was compelled to write this and then and the things that i'm seeing so uh what what i'm seeing in the in the future and uh and and so Uh, The old top-down organization, that's gone. What we're seeing, and we're going to be seeing more of, of, is smaller networked groups. The C-suite is not this rule-based cop out there. The C-suite are are those folks, the leaders, that need to help people see the big big picture and also to motivate and manage these network groups. So there's a focus on rewarding exceptionalism. The promotion ladder based on time is gone. That's out. What we have to do is we have to promote and re- reward people that are producing exceptional uh, results. Uh, and that, that's really a big thing. Uh, building in greater transparency. You get on the field, you're playing the game, you wanna be a champion. Uh, you're not looking at where was the player a month ago. Okay, the monthly meeting and diagnosis, that's out. Real data, dashboards, and calling signals and understanding where your teammates are on things, that's important. So this is a much more current uh, structure. And the, the, the next three, uh, three items on the list um, uh, would be, if we, if we can go to the, to the, the next, ne- slide. The next slide, terrific. Um, there's a focus on training and learning. We have to learn and relearn how to learn. Uh, repetitive execution of root processes is not good enough we have to be adaptable and we're gonna have to learning is going to take a much bigger uh, role in the, in the organization going forward uh, organizations have to get out ahead of technology it used to be that you would kind of do a scan of the landscape try to see where technology going and you want to say well let me when it once it gets entrenched then I'm going to go with this The best organizations are out there. They're pioneers. They're exploring new technology. They're setting the trends. And I think we're going to see more and more of that going
0: forward. That's fascinating stuff there. Let's unpack a little bit of it. Sure. Uh, One of the key takeaways I got from that was this is a data-driven endeavor. Absolutely. How do you go about collecting the performance data, especially when you think about the intangible component that people bring? Absolutely. So, uh, so we got to look at the numbers. We have to build
1: databases. We, gotta, we have to do all of the, of the important things like looking at trends and common size uh, 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 P&Ls and, and so on and so forth. We gotta have to look at the cycles. And then we have to talk about that. So we have to bring that up into our game. Okay, And we have to make that a part of the, the learning process and, and the real-time process. And so that's what we're doing today. So we're seeing, we're seeing uh, not monthly closes. We're seeing uh, we, we have an experience of, of a financial uh, transaction. It's going right away in the general ledger and that general ledger is that source where we're seeing where where our dashboards are coming from so people can see what's happening Uh, are they what are they billing what work are they doing where are the people spending their time Um, they're also seeing you know what is my expected profit what's my progress i got this annual goal what's my progress towards that am i collecting my receivables you know all this has to Uh, This has to come up front for those people that are are helping to
0: manage the business out out in the field. When You talk about learning and development. I'm actually on a panel this week on a a topic that's going to cover some of those things. An interesting stat that I recently heard was uh, that the average age that someone becomes a manager is 31. Yeah. And the average age when somebody gets their first training to be a manager is 42. Uh-huh. And you know, we grew up in a profession where right. you're promoted based on technical expertise. Sure. Maybe you're given the title of manager, but it doesn't mean you can manage people. Absolutely. So, in your world of training and development, how do you bridge those gaps? You
1: know, you know the tragedy of this is um, when executives' careers and managers' careers go off track, it's never because they don't know the technical aspects. It's because they don't know people and how to unlock the value of people and, and, and to motivate. And so, that's really key. Um, at PFM, uh, we were very big into technical training. We took a look at, the, at this seven years ago, five years ago, and we said, my goodness, after all this tremendous training when we hire these, these students out, out of programs, um, we teach them all this bond math and other stuff, um, but we don't teach them how to give feedback and how to be mentors and how to be leaders and how to... Uh, communicate and so we had this tremendous infusion of training around. These are learned skills, you know, um, just because they're soft does not mean that they're not important. So, these are these are learned skills and we have to have a curriculum for our people um, so,
0: so that we can bring them along. Well said. For the audience who wants to learn more about transformational leadership and Rob Delaney, how can they reach you? Uh, well, uh, LinkedIn is a, a
1: great way. Uh, I, that's uh, one of my key uh, uh, ways that I communicate, uh, uh, Rob uh, Delaney. I'm also on Twitter at uh, Rob J. Delaney, D-E-L-A-N-Y. And, uh, and uh, of course, my, uh, my email address, personal email address is rob at
0: rjdelaney.com. Thanks, Rob. So when you talk about these steps and, and the process and so forth, yeah. One might think that there's an end game, a goal, a finish line, if you will. Yeah. Do you need to know where the finish line is when you embark on this transformational journey?
1: Well, it's uh, it's great if you do. It's rare if you do. And so, uh, you know, this is all a journey. It's not just a distance run, but this is a journey. Now, it's good if you have an idea of the direction. It's important to have an idea of the direction that you want to go to. But it's also important to, to understand that you don't have to... If you can't vividly describe where you're going to at the very beginning, that's okay. That's not a reason for not, for not taking this, this, the first step on that journey. Uh, we expanded into the Europe, into Europe, my company, uh, my current company. And for 43 years, we had operated in, solely in the United States. Uh, we wanted to, and when, when we went to Europe and to do our market assessment, we thought we were gonna lead with investment management. What we're leading with is financial advisory and budget consulting for municipalities. So we, as we got in there, we didn't ignore the learning. We didn't say, well, geez, here's what we wanna do. And that's, that's, what, that's the only thing we're willing to do. We got in there and we said, wow, there is a tremendously underserved constituency
0: and we think we, think we can help. And so you gotta be open to that. Interesting. So one of the things you talked about before, you alluded to the idea of um, weeding out the non-believers. Yes. So how do you identify the non-believers and, and how do you create the, the inspiration, if you will, to get people to buy into the bigger mission?
1: Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that's, that's important that's intrig- and, and is tricky here is uh, you do have to inspire. You can't fake being inspirational. Okay, it doesn't work, people can, see, people can see through that. So it's really important that number one, you really believe in your mission and what it is that you're doing. And um, you, will, you, you, you can see that you know, uh, some people are not comfortable with ambiguity and not comfortable with change. You also will see that people either intentionally or unintentionally sabotage efforts. And when you see that, you really have to deal with that, and you have to you have to deal with that that in a in a um, in a thoughtful. So we talk about you know what's important is to be is to lead with passion, but also to lead with compassion. And so um, so you can't blame people for not doing something they've never been asked to do. Okay, number one, and number two, um, you have to, you have to be human in this in this whole process. So if there if it turns out that there is not a fit. Well, then you need to uh, you need to to deal with and, and come up with ways um, on where there might be a better fit uh, uh, for for people either inside the organization or. Yeah. out.
0: we have a couple of minutes left in this in the program, Rob. Yeah. It's going fast. One of the last things I want to make sure that we touch on is interaction with boards of directors and the C-suite. So yes. for the CFOs who are watching or other transformational leaders in organizations, because you don't just have to have a title that starts with a C to be a leader. Absolutely. How do you advise them in, we'll call it, up-messaging to the, the board and, and their leadership teams?
1: Sure. Well, you know, this is, actually, uh, this is actually an area of anxiety for board members that I talk with, also the C-suite. Because the board members are saying, you know, the world is changing, what is my role in that and and I know I'm not management but what is my role and how can I be supportive of that you can be supportive by asking the right questions and by engaging by engaging management in that process so what's really important is to, to try to elevate your view of, of the situation and to try to assemble and imagine a, a much larger uh, set of options for the organization and then from that so you gotta go big and then you gotta, you gotta then kind of bring it down and get with the team. So this is a, this is an all-play and this is a team sport, and that's really what it comes down to. So you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go up and you gotta go big. You gotta get a view of the landscape. You gotta assemble uh, ideas, and then you gotta get back with the team and you gotta think about is this something that we could do? When you do that, you're gonna see, you're gonna go around the room and you're gonna see more people leaning in. You're gonna see more people, the head going up and down, that sort of thing. So it's really important to engage.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you're you're taking this to a new level. And, and the good news is there are other folks out there watching who are who are like you, yes. who are breaking through barriers. And yes. when people ask, does this stuff really work? You can give them a resounding, yeah, you bet, right? Absolutely.
1: It works, it it is scary, and uh, and you have to you have to be willing to to go out there and to and to take some risks. But um, the results are are uh, prevalent. You know, transformational leadership um, has been around a long time. Alexander the Great, uh, Gandhi, um, Martin Luther King, yeah. Henry Ford. I mean, it, there's there's lots and lots of examples. Pick a hero. So pick a hero. Pick somebody that, and, and start to learn about their uh, their leadership traits, and then think about. You know, how can I how can I bring that down to this this soul
0: here and how can I incorporate that and maybe create some good? Great advice. Rob, on that note, unfortunately, we've got to wrap it up. Well, so thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you. We had a great conversation with Rob Delaney, transformational leader and chief financial officer at Public Financial Management or PFM. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Thank you.